Hello and welcome to the Alcohol Free Vibes podcast, a high vibe space where we talk about all things spirituality, manifestation, raising our vibrations and walking away from the manifestation block that is alcohol. Whether you're newly sober, sober curious or you've been sober for a long time, this is the place for you if you want to learn more about spirituality, manifestation and how letting go of alcohol can make you so much more powerful at manifesting. It's time to stop drinking, start living, raise our vibrations and step into our manifestation power. Let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Alcohol Free Vibes podcast. Um, I don't know about anyone else, but I am really cold at the moment. I am. I finally caved and put the heating on because I tried not to do it for so long because you know rising, rising fuel and all that, um, rising fuel costs. Um, but now I um, am really getting a bit sick of being cold so I'm actually even doing my podcast in a different room of my house this week because it's warmer in this room so apologies if you can hear the traffic outside but you know needs must. (laughs) So this week I am talking to the lovely Hannah Brown aka the Butterfly Coach and we are talking about her first Christmas alcohol free. Now I know that so many people listening to this may well be about to embark on their first ever Christmas alcohol free. I've talked about this quite a lot on Instagram recently because I recently had my first, um, sorry, my second year um, soberversary on the 27th of November. Now of course, that's quite an unusual time to have a soberversary because lots of people um, don't stop drinking till after Christmas because Christmas can be a very tricky time to not drink, you know, when you're newly sober. But that is just how done I was with drinking. I just couldn't bear to carry on any longer and I didn't even care that Christmas was coming. I was just like, no, no more. Um, so I kind of did the hardest version of being alcohol-free at Christmas when I was very newly sober and then of course I had another Christmas last year and I'm about to have another one and I have also got a couple of other sober Christmases under my belt from the first time I was sober Uh, so I have got a little bit of practice at this and let me tell you people alcohol-free Christmas is so magical when you let it be when we let go of those stories that are holding us back from really really connecting and enjoying Um, the true magic of Christmas. So I invited Hannah to come on to this week's episode so that we could have like a live coaching discussion around her blocks around being alcohol free this Christmas. Um, For the coaches out there, when you listen to uh, my style of coaching, um, I sometimes slip into mentoring. I'm sometimes coaching. Um, That's my style. And I personally just I'm just totally outcomes focused. So rather than worrying about being a quote unquote perfect coach, I only worry about the outcomes for my clients Um, and whatever strategies I need to use to get them there, then that's what I do. Um, Everyone's got a slightly different style. So yeah, that's just a little caveat for um, anyone who might be evaluating me. Um, 
but it's very much really an informal chat with one of my friends really about how she's feeling about her alcohol-free Christmas um, and we are reframing stuff and she does have a couple of breakthroughs on this call as well so hopefully um, you will all find it really helpful. If anyone listening would like to reach out and have a one-to-one coaching session with me to get them ready to um, embark on their first sober Christmas, then please do get in contact. Um, please email me at thrive at coachingbyannika.co.uk and Annika is spelled A-N-N-E-K-A. Um, alternatively, if you'd like to sign up for my Sober and Soulful six-week immersive course, which starts on the 9th of January, then please get in contact. So this six-week course is the course that you need to do if you want 2023 to be different. If you want this year to be the year where you start really up-leveling your manifestations, you really want to feel some shifts, make some changes, get out of those feelings of being stuck and you want to start to create momentum in your life and you want to start to really connect to the magic that is on the other side of sobriety. And let me tell you, this is no metaphor. There is real magic on the other side of sobriety. Um, If you have had a go at being sober before and just found it like a bit frustrating and that you were missing out and you couldn't feel the magic then this is the course for you because I have tried letting go of alcohol in more ways than one and I know that there are different ways of giving up drinking and I didn't mean to say that letting go of drinking we're not giving up anything um and I, I really do know what it feels like to feel, feel stuck and, and I can show you how to do it in a way that does not make you feel like that if you would like to feel those shifts this year um, and join my six-week course then um, please click the link in the show notes that will take you to uh, my uh, the page of my website which tells you more information about that course and how to sign up or if you want to send me an email about your interest then again thrive at coachingbyannika.co.uk is the email address to write to so without further ado let's jump on now and listen to the coaching conversation that I have with the lovely Hannah about her first alcohol-free Christmas. Hello Hannah, how are you today? I'm good, I'm good, how are you? I'm good, it's a real pleasure to have you back on the podcast. Um, Just for those people who may not have caught your earlier episode, can you just give us a quick introduction as to who you are and what you do and where you are in your sober journey. Yeah, well, I've got a lot further now on my sober journey than last time we spoke. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, my name's Hannah. Um, I am a marketing mentor and life coach. And I am actually, oh, tomorrow, um, 11 months sober. Tomorrow, because oh. I... I I uh, I gave it up on the very on the first of January, so yeah, I'm uh, nearly at the one year mark, which I'm very excited about. Oh, mm-hmm. congratulations! You must be Thank so you. proud of yourself. I am very, very, very proud of myself, and at the same time, like, why didn't I do this sooner? You know. <laughs> oh, so right before we get started on today's topic, Ben, what are the things that you've gained from your first year, well, your first eleven months sober so far? Um, the fir- I'd say first business, like my business has completely changed because I'm not having that like foggy hungover brain anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not anxious anymore either. Um, confidence has increased because I used to think I needed alcohol to be confident. So I feel like I've gained so much more confidence and, um, money. I always say this, but money, like yeah. <laughs> I've definitely saved some money, not, um, spending it on booze. 
and manifested more I'm sure as well absolutely yeah I think that's 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 the the non-foggy head now that it's clear it's a lot easier and quicker actually for things to come towards me I think we've spoken about this before now that I understand my manifestation process I can see how I was really blocking myself because obviously manifestation you can sometimes doubt yourself a little bit can't you and yes that still happens but when I was drinking hungover anxious I was really doubting myself like would get a very um yeah like overthinking everything basically absolutely and what you're describing is that when we drink alcohol regularly the ego voice gets turned up the volume gets turned up so much Mm. more we live in such an ego driven state when we're drinking alcohol and and you know as a as a coach that the the voice that we need to be the highest and we need to be the most tuned into what we want to manifest is the voice of our higher self our voice of intuition which is kind of the antithesis of the ego voice right absolutely absolutely Yeah. yeah Awesome. So just a a quick side for everyone listening. Apologies if you can hear traffic in the background. Um, I do normally do my podcast recordings in the back room of my home. However, that room is so unbelievably cold today that I decided that nobody wanted to hear me feeling cold and grumpy. Um, So apologies (laughs) for the um, background noise. But, you know, struggle is real, people. It's England. It's winter. What can you do? Um, okay, so we are now looking towards Christmas and I've been talking quite a lot on my Instagram stories about the fact that I stopped drinking on the 27th of November 2020, right before Christmas, which is was quite a big thing, but that is literally just how done I was. Um, but I know for many people, most a lot of people do stop drinking on the 1st of January for that very reason, because alcohol-free Christmas can be a bit daunting to others and Hannah I know that you are about to embark on your first alcohol-free Christmas so first of all how are you feeling about that at the moment? I am totally mixed emotions so I'm I'm jumping from I'm really pleased that I'm sober this Christmas I'm excited yeah. you know um, I'm, I'm actually excited to try out some alcohol-free substitutes um I'm excited to just not be hungover at all over the Christmas period which I won't have done since I mean I was a child basically because I started drinking when I was like 14 15 so I'm excited to experience the new side of it however then I jumped to the other side which is um actually feeling maybe a bit lonely because I'm not going to be in those social situations or or just feeling a bit like I'm the the FOMO am I going to be missing out because I'm not going to be drinking um, maybe a little bit nervous about questions about Ryan not drinking because we're hosting some family this year um, that we don't see all the time. So I don't even know if they're aware that I'm not drinking. So there's a couple of things. It's a, it's jumping between the excitement for the first one mm. and then the fear and the FOMO. Okay, so interesting and really helpful because you are definitely not alone with, mm. with these concerns. Okay, so first of all, since you have um, walked away from alcohol, I don't like saying giving up because there is nothing to give up. Since you've let go of alcohol, have you experienced feeling more lonely? Do you? Why do you connect this idea of being lonely with being alcohol free? First of all, I love that you just said about the, the not giving up because that's so true. I love that let go and not give up because you're right. We're not really giving up anything we're gaining. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think that I used to socializing and drinking for me since a very very young age has gone hand in hand 
Mm. They're a pair, you know. So if you're going out, you're going out drinking. If you're going to see people, you're drinking. If people are coming over, you're drinking together. It was, it's from a young age, it was how I bonded with people, how I socialized, how I caught up with friends. And Christmas was the time that I used to, because I used to live in London. I don't live there anymore. Um, And when I was living in London, you know, there was so many social events to go to obviously you know that this was also pre-covid so pre-pandemic so mm. there was you know lots of office parties and things to go to and I just I just think of Christmas as that time I, I think do you know what else as well I think it's because Christmas is the worst time to be lonely and I have been lonely at Christmas before even though I was drinking so I, I so I know it doesn't make sense but I think that it's that you know it's that um feeling a bit lonely at Christmas so not drinking, which is normally like the route out to feeling lonely at Christmas because you just go out and socialize and drink. It's not having that either. Does that make sense? hundred percent. And I completely hear you about we are conditioned to be absolutely petrified of feeling lonely at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And ironically, um, our I, I personally find I don't normally feel lonely, but if anything's going to trigger me to suddenly feel lonely, it will be Christmas <laughs> because there's this huge stigma around being lonely at Christmas. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's a bit ironic in that sense. Okay, so you talked about all of these social events that you've been to before that happens to have alcohol at them. And isn't it interesting that we are, again, we're conditioned to um, to connect the the alcohol with the, the fact that we feel connected to others. Mm. Now, is it what is in your glass that makes you connected to the other people at the party? Or is it the fact that you're at the party with other people? Absolutely that I'm at the party. It's not, yeah. it, it's, it's, I feel like I know, I feel like my higher self is, 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 is with me. Like, you know, that like, this is not, you're not here to drink, you're here to socialize. So the drink in the cup doesn't matter. I think it's that confidence or that fear of, fear of, of missing out. So I'll give an example, even at the weekend, I went to, I went to a, a, someone's birthday party and um, the birthday girl got quite drunk <laughs> as expected, you know, it's their 30th birthday. And I and I could feel the the awkwardness of the conversation because I was completely sober yeah. <laughs> and she was not. And so there was a lot of um differences happening and I wasn't really enjoying the conversation, if I'm honest. No, it wasn't I wasn't enjoying it, I was finding it difficult. Mm. And I was realizing that hey, and probably most of the people at the party were were enjoying the conversation and I wasn't able to because there was a bit of a barrier in the way. Okay. Because she she was obviously quite you know, she was quite drunk. It's just things like repeating, repeating, repeating herself. I yeah. couldn't sometimes understand what she was saying. Okay, she was so I have a question, Hannah. Yeah. In, in that conversation, who was the one that was finding it difficult to connect? Was it her or was it you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely me. Totally, totally me. No, no, but He's not the wiser. Yeah. No, but if we think about the conversation and who was who was connecting into that conversation, who was the most present, who was the most able to think about the conversation she was the one that was repeating herself and unable to make any sense so was it was it your fault or or were you the one that wasn't connecting or was she the one that wasn't connecting yeah so I I see what you're saying yeah so I I was definitely able to be more within the conversation and understand it and follow it yes um she was she was the one who wasn't able to 
I think for me, the trigger was that everyone in the room was out in that situation. So, yeah. so it's I almost like, you know, I'm having it. I'm the one in the conversation, but I'm also not, I'm also not, I'm in that conversation alone, if that makes sense. Obviously apart from my boyfriend, cause he doesn't really drink that much either. So he had one pint and then he switched to Coke, but, um, and, and he was, he was like me as well. Like we just want to leave. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're ready to go and go to bed. Um, so I think it's just maybe I, I need like a, to remind myself of exactly that. Cause you're so right that it's, I actually am very present in the conversation. I'm not the one that's, for example, I can, I'm telling you about it now. Cause I remember it all. Whereas maybe I don't think the other people will. And that's the thing, isn't it? We, we think we can't connect with others when we're not drinking. We're told that so many times and interesting that that story continues when you're in that situation. But the truth of the matter is that conversation itself was proof that alcohol does not help you connect with other people. It yeah. makes you, it renders you enable of remembering what the person just said to you or remembering what you just said of making yeah. any sense in fact William Porter quite beautifully puts if you want to try it and um, deal with social anxiety by drinking alcohol alcohol you know you can choose one of two options you can either come across as being shy or drunk which one yeah. do you choose because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the, the drunk one doesn't necessarily make you look any less shy you just come across as drunk <laughs> yeah that's so true that's so yeah. And really, alcohol does the opposite of help us to connect. Um, but what was that situation showing you about how you like to connect with people? Like, I mean, did you did you leave that party feeling like, oh, I feel like I've really nourished my my social hunger. I feel so replenished. I feel like I've really caught up with everyone. I mean, did it did it really do what it want, we wanted it to do? What being being at the party, you mean? Yeah. It yeah. was, it was, I mean, I, I guess that is something to think about because I think I left thinking I'm looking forward to maybe talking to them at another, you know, in the future when they're not, they're not in that state. Again, I'm not, I, I'm not dissing her for being drunk yeah. or all the okay. other people. Um, but for me, it was like, oh, I'll just catch it with a properly. And that's it. They were almost like properly because for me, it wasn't proper. Yeah. It wasn't like a proper catch up because because she probably couldn't remember and was repeating things and it wasn't making sense. So for me, I, I walk away thinking, oh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the, the not necessarily the sober catch-up, but the real catch-up. I think that's how I think about it in my head. Yeah. And just, I'm really pleased that you said that there is no judgment here because trust yeah. me, guys, if I could um, show you some of like recaps of my drinking in the past, like absolutely no judgment because I really have done it all. And I'm sure Hannah has too. Yeah, um, the scale was nothing. It was not a patch on me on my 30th birthday. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, and ditto. Yeah. So there is no judgment. It's more that we've just come to realise that it doesn't serve us anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. So I really like how you came out thinking, I really want to have a proper catch up. And and that's just yes. another piece of proof that you have that <laughs> if we want to authentically connect with people, alcohol is going to take us further away from that. And it doesn't mean to say we have to say no to anything. We can do anything we want when we're alcohol free. But if we're craving that genuine connection, maybe organize um, some, some daytime catch-ups or some catch-ups where we're not drinking so that you really are getting what you need socially. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, so we've also talked about this idea of being lonely at Christmas, which I know is triggering for so many people in so many different ways. Um, talk to me more about why um, you feel being alcohol free is synonymous with this. Um, with be with being with being lonely at Christmas, yeah. yeah. 
I th- again, I think it's the it's the having my whole life of Christmas being that party time. Well, okay, party time. Okay, and even as I'm saying that, I'm catching myself because I'm like, why does party need to need to be paired with alcohol? Yeah. But I think it's that celebration. It's that um, it's it's the time where you know you've worked hard all year. This is a time where you take time off and you and you really celebrate. And it does for me feel like definitely from my past that that goes hand in hand with with drinking alcohol and not that like I don't think my family or friends would you know they don't judge me for not drinking at all but it definitely does feel like I don't know I think when I'm trying to think of it is they're letting they're letting their guard down or they're letting they let themselves loose and I'm not does that make sense right. yeah that's what it feels okay. like I feel like I'm, I'm I'm holding myself back from enjoying even though it's not I'm not hmm. I, I, in my I'm worried that they're thinking she's not letting she's not really enjoying herself and she's not letting loose because she's not drinking and therefore I don't feel as involved in the Christmas celebrations okay interesting. Yeah. So I'm hearing that there's a story around the word permission for hmm. you that that you, the permission that you give yourself to like let loose and be and be silly really mm-hmm. is attached to having had a drink oh my god yes that makes so much sense okay. that makes so much sense yeah so how would it feel think about confidence here right because you, you talked about being more confident since you stopped yeah. drinking. how would it feel to go to a party um give yourself the same hour warm-up that we all need and by the way, everyone listening, it was never the alcohol that made you warm up and relax. It was just the fact that you let an hour pass. It, it just yeah. so happened that we, we, we connect that with drinking alcohol. It happens yeah. anyway. It happens at children's parties. Um, but you let the hour pass. So you've like, because that's so true. <laughs> so true, isn't it? I've, I've never thought about that. Yeah, your kids at parties, the first hour. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Sorry. Sorry. It, it, it's because we turn up and we're all that? vibrating at different frequencies. <laughs> and it's like, we're all like, whoa, everyone's in a different gear. And then after an hour, everyone's frequencies settle down and everyone like is in synchronicity. Yes. And the, yeah, it does happen. Children's parties are so helpful to observe um, as an alcohol-free person because you're like, oh yeah, that's how we, that's actually how it works. It's nothing yeah. to do with the alcohol. Um, okay, but so imagine you're giving yourself that hour um, to settle in. Um, and then uh, I used to say to myself, like when I first stopped drinking, I was like 25. So I was very much still in there, like, let's go out to six in the morning kind of vibe. And um, and I used to call it like the witching hour. I'd be like, the witching hours arrive, people. <laughs> and I'd have like my little Red Bull. And I'd be like, right, let's go. <laughs> and what would happen? What would it look like if you gave yourself full permission to be just as silly or outrageous as you would be if you were drinking? What would you do? How would it feel? I mean, I actually like that as a challenge for something to set myself to do, to try and, I mean, I don't really know if anyone goes parties how I used to, because I was very similar to you. I was like 7am, maybe just getting home or going to another house party. Um, But I like this idea of, can I actually just go and do that without the alcohol? Like still go and be the fun. This is, I was just about to say, this is funny. I was just about to say, go and be the fun Hannah I used to be. Um, <laughs> so I think there is definitely something there about me, maybe okay I'm, I'm actually having a breakthrough now maybe I'm not as maybe I'm not feeling like I'm as fun without the alcohol so that's why I'm worried about being lonely so I think yeah maybe this is probably in my head but I like this idea of yeah maybe I'd go and challenge myself to go out and hang out and and be fun and be the life and soul of the party just but not be without being the drunk life and soul of the party okay. or just the drunk 
I love this. So we just <clears> uncovered <throat> the story that you were attaching to this, yeah. which is I am not as fun without alcohol. And we've yeah. realized that that is attached to permission that you are giving yourself to like my friend, one of my friends from uni, he was actually referring to what happens when people take drugs, but it, alcohol is a drug and it really applies mm-hmm. to the situation. He always used to say to me, Annika, you can always open the door in your mind when you want to. Mm-hmm. And I love that image. And the truth is, Hannah, that every single neurochemical that alcohol stimulates was never made by alcohol. Mm-hmm. It's from you. You made it. It's from your inner pharmacy. All of those chemicals were made by you and you can stimulate those whenever you want to. And you can do, as my friend Steve said, you can unlock the door when you want to by giving yourself that permission to to say like, right, we're going into the twilight zone now. Like I'm allowed to behave in this in this certain way. I can start to be quote unquote fun, Hannah. But the other thing, what if, what if we actually look at the reality? Because we know that you are fun. We know that this was all genuinely you. We know that these were your neurochemicals. But let's consider the fact that when we're not drinking, we can remember what we just said. Um, our brains are working at a proper speed. We can be much funnier because we can think properly. We can think quickly. Yeah. Uh, we can move more quickly. We've, we're more aware of our surroundings. You've actually got the 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 intelligence and the capacity when you've not been drinking to be much more the life and soul of the party than you ever did before right absolutely yeah I think even when you say that then sorry excuse me sorry (laughs) sorry Energetic purge going on here, people. Some old strength coming up. Yeah my my throat chakra is obviously not wanting me to speak on this maybe it needs some healing um (laughs) it's funny what you're saying then about you being funnier because I so although I've been sober for 11 months I'd probably say it's the past two years that I've really toned down drinking so for about a year before I went sober I had already massively toned it down like wasn't really drinking as much because my boyfriend doesn't really drink and it was the first person I'd ever dated in my entire life who wasn't really like a a drinker or a social drinker and since I met a boyfriend like we have the best humor together and something he's always saying to me is you're so funny like you're so so funny and I actually know that I am a lot funnier around him (laughs) and I think it's because I have that what you're what you're talking about there like there's not the need to like perform or like drink alcohol to bring out this other side of me I think it's because I'm able to feel completely relaxed without alcohol yeah and 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 run almost my like higher self program all the time um but I've never looked at it that way that almost actually being sober can make you I don't say a better person in 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 like just but in different ways you know like it can make you funnier or it could make you cleverer because you're not like being tarnished with this with this poison of course and I mean it does our IQ definitely lowers when we're drunk that's why we can't drive that's why you know we can't sit and write an essay when we've had a drink brain is literally slowed down it's a depressant and I um I I really I mean I don't have research to back this up but I'm sure it's very easy to prove that intelligent you, you can't be really funny without being intelligent like mm-hmm. it, it is an intelligence that makes you funny you, you need to be able to think quickly and properly yes really funny and that is why 
we can all um, be a lot funnier when we're sober. But also, this is why the more we the, the more we throw ourselves into actually, sorry, I just want to add this caveat for those of you listening to this who really identify as being very introverted, and you're like, this is my idea of hell. You don't have to do anything. This is about people who want to go back to feeling like a certain way in a party. Um, if you have been that person and you're trying to unlock that part of your personality, then this is for you. But if you've never been that person, then this is not about being different this is about being more our authentic selves coming back to who we really are but we can authentically be present and be ourselves when we're not drinking and again the children's party analogy is so so helpful mm. we can remember having I can remember dancing like an absolute crazy nut job <laughs> uh, parties, and you'd just be like you'd just get a bit hyper wouldn't you and mm. loving life um, and yeah, you, you can really bring that energy back when you're not drinking alcohol. Um, can I just um, yeah. chime in with something there? Because I, I actually got really emotional when you were saying that about the introvert, because something else that I've been considering is, have I been an introvert <laughs> um, trapped in like the body of like, of like a, of a, of a boozy person? Because I, since I've been gone sober, I do feel like more, much more of an introvert. Whereas when I was drinking, I I didn't I was I was I would be that person up dancing I'd go and meet strangers and go back to house parties with them and it always felt like I was needing to do that and now that I'm not I don't I don't have that need I don't have that desire I'm much more happier at home I'm much more happier staying in um my you know I I only have like a handful of those close people that I want to speak to now versus before feeling like I need to get the approval of all these other people and I definitely feel like I'm much more of an introvert now that I'm sober. And even now thinking about this, is it like, is the dread about Christmas, or not dread about Christmas, I'm very excited about Christmas, is the fear around the drinking, not drinking around Christmas because I have to, I, I'm, I've now got to show my true introvert self. <laughs> Does that make sense? It's so interesting. There's so much I want to say from that. So first of all, you talked about um, when you were just explaining that needing other people's approval. Mm -hmm. So could we not just say that this is just more proof that you're, you are authentically more confident than ever before yeah. because you don't need approval from others. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, the, um, or oh, remind me, oh, you know, you're going to say something and then it just goes. Oh, is that your mind? I have it. All oh, time. I know what it was. <laughs> okay. um, I love thinking about extroversion and introversion because I very much like you. By the way, Hannah and me have only known each other for um, about six months, but I swear we're from the same soul stream. <laughs> yeah, so definitely. Um, sometimes I even look at pictures of us and I'm like, we even look a little bit like this. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I used to be like that. I used to really be such an extrovert and I really charged my batteries with other people. And as I've got older, I've really changed. But I was discussing this with my friend, Victoria, who's a psychotherapist, because I know lots of people who, like us, when they became sober, discovered their introverted side. But I also know people who were very introverted who said they've become a lot more extroverted since they stopped drinking. Wow. So my my wow. friend Sarah Lawrence, who's my Reiki teacher, who's been on this podcast before, talks about re really connecting with her extroverted side so much more. And I have this theory, not proven, this is just channeling, <laughs> that... Yeah. When we are in our most healed state, that we are what I would call an ambivert, we're right in the middle of the spectrum of introversion and extroversion. 
And when we're in an unhealed state, we usually sit like more towards one end or the other, which causes us to identify as an extrovert or an introvert. Now, of course, an extrovert charges their batteries off other people an introvert charges their batteries themselves. Now, spiritually, charging our batteries ourselves is healthier, but we do need a bit of both. We, we're social beings. We're tribal beings. We need to have a bit of charging our own batteries, a bit of social social stimulation but we do need to be kind of self-sufficient. And when we, um, when, well, yeah, when we're younger, we tend to sit much further towards the end, one end of the spectrum. And the more work we do on ourselves, I don't think I've met anyone who hasn't done a lot of work on themselves, who hasn't come further towards the middle of the spectrum, mm -hmm. wherever they started from. Um, so yeah, what, how does that resonate with you? Oh my God, I love that. I absolutely, because I've oh, I've also been there going, I must be that person that's a bit of both because I do want to be like, be the loud person and be fun, be center of attention and go out and meet loads of people and be social. And then I also want to be like, leave me alone. No one speak to me. I'm happy to just like not see anyone for two weeks. So I, so that makes sense. I actually love that idea of like, you're somewhere in the middle, maybe when you're out of sorts or your or what did you say unhealed maybe yeah. that's when you're maybe dip into more to one side but I love that I think that's a I think that's a brilliant brilliant theory yeah and I mean we're always on a journey of healing till the day we die right but we yeah. hopefully um are healing more and more as we get older and I do think we yeah I I'm definitely so much more introverted than when I was younger in fact my parents had not had me around them all the time for 11 years because I was living in Dubai. And when I came back, my parents were like, you're so much more introverted than you were ever mm. were before. Like you, wow. you just spend so much more time on your own. And I was like, yeah, I suppose I do really. I hadn't really thought about it. Um, but I think it's a good sign, Hannah, that you um, you don't need that, that uh, recognition. It's, it's good to desire to see people and to desire connection, but there's a difference between desiring something and actually needing it to charge your battery. Yeah. yeah. Just to recap what we've come up with so far. So we've kind of flipped that story of not being as fun on its, on its side. And we've realized that a lot of this comes down to giving yourself permission to be a certain way when you're at a party. And you're going to give yourself the experiment of seeing if you can kind of unlock the door and, 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 yeah go back to giving yourself permission to do that when you're out um I mean we're in a very different part of our lives now but when I was 25 and we were obviously a lot more immature I I've got in shopping trolleys while sober and mm. been like pushed along at like three in the morning it was hilarious. <laughs> and um I, I mean I probably wouldn't want to do that now I have absolutely no interest in doing it but I remember feeling so happy when I woke up because I woke up I remembered what I did and I thought oh yeah I did that because I felt like it yeah I, go. I didn't sit yeah. there thinking oh my god what did I do that for I wonder what people oh no what did I say I didn't have any yeah. of that anxiety I just thought oh I'm hilarious I don't what <laughs> <laughs> laughed at myself and thought and then I let it go <laughs> that exact anxiety that you just described was the reason was the was the point that I was like I'm done because I would wake up without even doing anything wrong and say to my boyfriend like what did I do last night and he'd be like nothing I'd be like I did I've got this feeling of shame in me and guilt and like I've, I've done something and he'd be like you didn't do anything it was fine we had a great time there was no arguments but I think just like the years and years of drinking and then bad things happen and then waking up feeling shame it got to the point where I wasn't even enjoying alcohol anymore because I would just even if I had a brilliant night I would wake up with that sort of shame um but I love that 
that idea of waking up even when you have maybe been a little bit silly and doing stuff and just feeling so confident in what you did <laughs> that's yeah. amazing and I think that's that confidence is really attractive to other people as well because they just yeah. want to own it and, and not care exactly. um that was really interesting as well we think about the stories that we tell ourselves and there is so much romance that we attach to alcohol and there's so much romance that we attach to alcohol at Christmas mm-hmm. we have this like sort of Marks and Spencer's advert with like oh my god yes lighting. <laughs> this isn't just any drink this is a Christmas drink <laughs> and we we and we that story plays in our mind but let's just turn the light on and let's just turn the light on really bright in that Marks and Spencer studio so this is not against Marks and Spencer so I was just using <laughs> a, a lovely romantic advert that I do love and I know that they don't say this about alcohol so let's just not get sued for that um but um, <laughs> um but let's just turn the light on in the in the television studio here and realize that the story isn't true. Mm. It, the, the drink in your glass is not connecting you. It's disconnecting you. It's making you unable to remember what you've just said. It's making you unable to listen to the other person and to actually connect in with their energy field. And it's making you wake up the next day and feeling shame that you don't even deserve. Where's the romance and the magic in that? Yeah. It's not real, is it? Exactly. And I think that's when you have, when you look back a lot of those memories we forget, you know, it's so we're so quick to forget about the awful memories that came along with it the next day, or like, the, like I was just saying, like the shame or the guilt. But like, you know, when I do look back at Christmas, it's like, yeah, prosecco and and Bailey's and what's the other one that me me and my um we we make snowballs. We, oh yeah. In fact, in fact, there we go. That was my tradition that I do for my family every year. I make them snowballs. We'd have a lot of vodka in it, advocat lemonade. You know, even you know, my mouth is watering even just saying that now. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> But what I've also found is that there is alcohol-free version of everything. So I'm sure I can find an alcohol, alcohol-free version. But that Christmas is it is dressed up in a bow with, you know, with all these luxurious drinks. And it seems to be a, a key part of it. But um, I'm actually, I mean, even this conversation just helping. I'm actually really, really excited now to to try it with with without all the without all those drinks, because I don't think it is necessarily a key part of Christmas I just think it is and something that you said to me on on the the last podcast your last po- podcast episode that I was on that really really stuck with me and it stayed with me to this day and I love it is that you know um keep the keep the ritual change the ingredients I because yeah. I love that so I think I will also be having a wine glass on, on the Christmas yeah. table I will also be having a you know zero percent alcohol free books fizz in the morning I will you know I'll I'll, I'll find like an alcohol free um drink because it's not about the actual drink it's not about the liquid it's about the traditions and the rituals and if I just remove alcohol from that I'm pretty sure I'll probably still be able to have a good Christmas I've just got to work through these these things about like you've just said like you've pointed out these things about permission in my head and that and I and I think this has also helped me to realize even just like who not to get too deep who am I but like (laughs) but you know what Hannah you are a bit of an introvert you are you are seeing yourself more clearly in who you are and now actually okay another breakthrough maybe this is a Christmas I get to fully 100% be myself Mm. the first time ever um so I think I'm going to reframe it into that I love that and it's really about coming back to who we are and thinking about the ritual of the drink the ritual of the party was about going and having a good time laughing till you Mm. cried um coming home feeling like you've let off some steam none Mm. of that ever had anything to do with the poison in your glass that made Mm -hmm. you 
not really be with it. It was the permission to go and laugh till you cried. It was the company. It was what you chose to do and what you said, well, I've had a drink. So that's what people do when they're drunk. Yeah. It's, you can keep the ritual, keep the silliness. I mean, I am a big big advocate for being silly and not, I refuse to grow up. Um, Anyone (laughs) well knows I'm like the most childish 38 year old in the whole world. Um, (laughs) Like keep those rituals and just remember, like no one is more silly than children. And they don't, they don't, hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Um, my point. Yeah, and also just remembering that you get to have a whole Christmas of feeling actual joy and euphoria because alcohol, yes, it numbs, it numbs us. It does numb momentarily. It numbs uncomfortable feelings. I mean, they come back tenfold, right, with the hangover and the anxiety. Mm-hmm. But alcohol also numbs joy and euphoria just as much yeah. as uncomfortable feelings and. I call it the gift. You've probably seen it because you've got my um, my journal and I talk about it in the journal. But the first social event you go to as a sober person where mm-hmm. you let loose, you, you, you stay up late, you're really funny, you're with all the people you want to be with is what I call the gift because that the, the time when you go home absolutely punching the air because you've had the best night and you feel high as a kite off genuine joy then once you've got that one under your belt, you'll be like, I am good to go, people. Yeah. Well, I think that I think that's what happened uh, even just in my first month of being sober this year. After yeah. that month, because I thought I'd struggle. I thought I would really struggle. And not to mention in my first month, my nan died as well, who I was very close with. So it's really tough. And when I got through that month, which was a tough month, like I was like, well, I mean, I'm obviously not going to do this for 12 months because that was all I was doing it for at first. It was just a 12-month experiment. And after, after by the 31st of January, I was like, well, this is probably going to be a permanent thing because look at how, like, you know, we we had a difficult time that month with my family because we the lost my nan. But at the same time, that was another thing, like having, I think I might have spoken this before on the other one, but, you know, waking up the day after a funeral without a hangover was so much more everything was clearer and I felt a lot better versus the rest of my family who were all absolutely dying from a hangover plus the grief on top which wasn't great um so I've no doubt in my mind that when I come to this Christmas if once I get through this Christmas and I don't think I will will be tempted I think for me I think it's more like being worried about missing out and having moments of like oh like could I have a drink but I also know that I will feel so much exactly like you just said I'll get through this and be like well this is a whole other Christmas (laughs) And it's like that first time experience, you know, like the first time you do like a race or like a half marathon or a marathon or something and you're, you're excited because it's your first one and you know, you're never going to get that back. And I kind yeah. of feel like it's now about Christmas, like, okay, so this is a whole new level. I haven't experienced one of these since I was probably about 13. So, which was, you know, like 23, 20, yeah, 23 years ago. So yeah. That's live on the podcast. <laughs> Better woman than I am. <laughs> but like, yeah, so I'm, so I'm excited now. I am excited. I mean, I, I don't get it wrong. I'm still nervous. I think I'm still gonna think about what you said about permission. I think a lot. Um, you've actually inspired me to go away and do some journaling as well. I think some journaling. Oh, okay. I can use your journal. Oh, you can. <laughs> yeah. I just want to like re- repeat something back that you just said. Like, and I love this. And I think anyone that's listening, it's their first alcohol-free Christmas. This this would definitely help me a lot if it was mine. Which is this is the, but this is the first one or the last time this will be your first go mm-hmm. at, and this is special like you'll always remember this Christmas you'll always look back on it with fondness and say I remember my first alcohol free Christmas it was amazing yeah. 
like it's a gift and sobriety is such a gift because when we think about the neuroscience around what happens when we drink we know alcohol steals our joy so you're giving yourself the potential to feel so much more joy this Christmas Mm. and that's what everyone ironically is trying to do every time they pick a drink up it really is and Mm. you finally you find we we, when we all finally crack it when we realize no if I just stop the alcohol my my inner pharmacy has got this it's yeah got... um okay oh, so... I feel emotional I feel really emotional I, don't know why. I think it's like half half excitement half like proud because yeah this is just this is actually really exciting very very exciting I want you yeah. to do lots of journaling and this yeah. Christmas and I want you to share all your not you have to you have to but Hannah <laughs> and I are uh, friends <laughs> off, off the pod I'd love it if you sent me like your wins and stuff oh my god totally totally yeah Okay, so to finish up, what are the things you're most excited about for your first alcohol-free Christmas as an adult? I am excited to, I well, have more energy because I'm not going to have the hangovers, have more energy, be able to enjoy, um, you know, the, the Christmas Eve, the, the Christmas Day, the Boxing Day without any kind of hangover. I'm excited to get to know you know who is Hannah at Christmas as a sober person I'm really excited because it's actually tied in really nicely with mine and my boyfriend's first Christmas living together so I'm really excited for us to create some traditions that aren't anything to do with alcohol you know we're going to take our dog to the beach on Christmas day and uh, and give her a walk we've got our little Christmas outfit again that's not alcohol related and I'm really excited about it so yeah there's, there's, there's lots of different things I think I think I think I'm going to go back to what I just said I'm I'm most excited to kind of see who I get to be or who who I really am at Christmas now that I haven't got alcohol stealing all the joy I love it okay and I've just had this download to um I think it would be good if we identified our words for this Christmas so I'm going to share mine um that might give you some ideas and of Mm -hmm. course you you can steal mine if you want um You have to come up with another one. You have still have to come okay. up with your own one. But my alcohol-free word for this Christmas is wholesome. Oh, lovely. Um, weirdly, I don't even know why. What came up to me was gentle. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, I feel like I want a nice. I think because Christmases are always quite hectic, and again, you know, the the social and the busy and the drinking and the hangover, and then you've got to go and do it all again the next day. And I think I want this Christmas to be a really soft and gentle one. Oh, I love it. Out. Yeah. Amazing. Um, okay, on a side note, um, before we finish up, Hannah is someone that really inspires me all the time. I met her on, uh, I've probably said this in the introduction, so I may be repeating myself. Um, <laughs> I met her doing Catherine Zinkina's MBA. And Hannah is also um, one of my coaches now as well. She teaches me lots of things about marketing, um, et cetera. Um, so Hannah, if people are listening and they're like, oh, that sounds cool. Where can I find her online? Where can people find you? Yeah, the best place is probably Instagram. Um, it's just at the butterfly coach, and there's a little two little dots in between the and butterfly and butterfly and coach. <laughs> I have made that really complicated. The dot butterfly dot coach. There you go. Amazing, and yeah, Hannah's stuff is so good. I mean, I used to be a I used to observe and rate teachers all the time, and I'm doing quite a lot of Hannah's courses, and I'm like, this is outstanding teaching. I love the way she breaks everything up. She's oh, so yay. good. And on the other note, on another note, we haven't actually mentioned yet, but you are coming on my Sober and Soulful, so yes. I can't say it, Sober <laughs> and Soulful six-week course in January. Yes. Really Very excited. On. So, yeah, um, how are you, um, what are you kind of bringing to that, really? 
what are your sort of intentions I think it's just perfectly timed I mean it's like the best I think because I think I'm going to it with like a this is actually going to be like year two of alcohol free life year two of sobriety so I feel like I'm coming to it with um okay like I I've I've done the I've done this work so far like what do I do now (laughs) what's that how do we take this to the next level like how do we go deeper with this um so I feel like for me it's 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 just really and it's I think it's also about being in that space with the other people because I don't hang around with a lot of other so people so it'd be great to connect with with um well obviously even more with you and with the other participants and just yeah um, yeah more soulful yeah because being alcohol free is just step one on this journey Mm -hmm. and yeah now you're going into year two Hannah like now you're like ready to really turn the volume up right exactly and that's it literally ready for the next level love it awesome right have an amazing Christmas and thanks for coming on the show and I'll speak to you soon okay thanks Merry Christmas Merry Christmas Thank you so much for listening to me today. If you would like to have the chance of winning a free one-to-one coaching session with me, then I'd love it if you could leave me a five-star review. All you need to do is take a screenshot of the review and send it to me at thrive at coachingbyannika.co.uk and I would love to connect with you. If you would like to connect with me further and you'd like to download my free guide, then please go to my website and you can do that and you'll be added to my mail list. Or if you would just like to book in a free discovery call with me, then you can do so via my email address or through my website. All of these links will be in the show notes. And I hope you have a wonderful, magical, sober week. And I will see you this time next week.